The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to our Lord. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, I think we, it benefits us to do just some kind of quick hits here with the, uh, with the gospel reading that we have today. You know, the, this, the passages uh, recounted, you know, at least in part, to, to come to a conclusion here uh, with his fame spreading everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee, right? Why is it that Jesus is, is so popular? Why does his, his movement grow so quickly uh, to such an extent that he's already garnering the attention of, you know, all the, all the authorities of, of the day. Uh, he's already being, you know, investigated. He's, he's already under watchful scrutiny. And it's, it is precisely because of what we discover here in this passage. He's healing, and then he's even got this uh, reputation for being an exorcist, right? So, I mean, I think we, we understand ourselves, at least to some extent. You know, we, we get, you know, we're, we're not feeling good or up against forces that perhaps are difficult to manage or overcome, um, you know, we, we can kind of survey the scene of our life and realize, you know, why it is we're encountering any number of difficulties. But there are difficulties that, that we encounter uh, for which we, we don't have much of an explanation or overwhelm us, say, to such an extent that uh, you know, they overwhelm us in greater measure than, say, the sum of the parts, right? So we can look at it and analyze our problem and go, okay, well, this doesn't make me feel terribly good. Uh, you know, I don't really have the energy to handle this. I, I really don't know what's going on over here. And yet, the, and yet the, the sum of the whole thing is much greater than what we can, what we'd otherwise, say, estimate uh, by our own analysis of the, of the parts. And I say, yeah, of course, there are uh, dark forces and, and here we see you know, even dark personal powers at work in the world to, I don't know, to, to derail us. I mean, one of the, one of the um, uh, ways to understand what is given here in terms of the, uh, the exorcism that Jesus performs, this unclean spirit. What is an, what is an unclean spirit? Well, okay, so you get the, we get the spirit part to some extent. I mean, we might picture in our minds something like a, a demon, right? We, that's just the way that... I think we're inclined to imagine a thing, um, but we say spirit, some, you know, somewhat personal force, okay, not material, not a material force, right, hidden in some way, invisible, this kind of thing. Unclean is, is perhaps more significant um, because we could look at, again, clean and unclean in the scriptures, what it means, but here the, the idea of a defiling spirit means a, a spirit that has, that is derailing the human project, the human project. And here, then, that means that this, the Spirit is preventing this person from 
properly glorifying God, from worshiping God, um, and also uh, they, the two go hand in hand, right? So worshiping God, giving himself over to God, praising God, and then serving God, right? so loving others. Okay, so another way to look at this is Jesus coming on the scene, and perhaps a, a better picture frame for the whole thing, Jesus coming on the scene as a, as a preacher of the kingdom of God is proclaiming a, a new age, right? An age where the holiness and, and justice of, say, the human project will be renewed. It'll be restored. And so then the entire world will be restored. And Jesus not just proclaiming it, he's also bringing it into effect. So you see, the, um, it, here we, we understand by this, say, unclean spirit, uh, you know, a, a spirit that, again, prevents the person from giving God praise and serving him, praying, praying properly, worshiping God, and loving, loving the people entrusted uh, to, to his care. Okay, so this is the unclean spirit. This is precise. Jesus has come to do battle with anything that will derail us and pull us offline from, from the human project. That will prevent us from living lives of, of holiness and justice. I think some of this is hard for us to, um, to imagine, even though we pray for it all the time, right? In the Lord's Prayer, we're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? Thy, thy kingdom come. He, Jesus is coming to not only proclaim, but, um, but inaugurate and then implement the kingdom of God. And we pray for it, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here, Jesus on the scene, the, the authority that he possesses is the authority of God, right? He, he speaks, he speaks as though he is speaking for God. So in his preaching and in his, in his teaching, and then even in his authoritative healings, he is bringing the will of God to bear. And then we get a snapshot in, in this scene, and we'll certainly see it throughout the gospel, what, what the will of God is. The will of God is the renewal of mankind. The will of God is the restoration of his entire creation. So Jesus is not only calling us into the project, he's also healing us and then equipping us to be about the will of God in the world. And the will of God revealed in Christ Jesus, right, shows us that God is nothing other than an eternal exchange of glorifying love. The, the entire world, we exist because God is an eternal exchange of glorifying love. He's, he's loved everything into existence. And this is part, I don't know, I don't know if we get a good sense of it at 7.30 in the morning, to be perfectly honest, you know, it's like, and especially on a day like this. It's like, how is this part of the play of God? It's like, okay, I'm just, I've got half a headache still, you know, like the coffee hasn't kicked in yet, you know, it's like, what are we, what are you no, this is, the play, this is the play of God. He's loving us into life. He's loved us into existence. He wants our whole life, and even 7.30 in the morning, he wants, he wants our whole life to be founded in his love, grounded in his love. Right? Such, a, such that every breath we take, we realize is a gift of God. This is, this is the gift of a loving Father to me. And I want not only to breathe it in to accept his, his mercy and be renewed by him, his restorative grace, but also I want to breathe it out into the world, right? So that I can, I can play my part in affecting this restoration project uh, that, that Jesus kicked off that day in the synagogue in, in Capernaum. So just, just one more word about that and a word of... Um, were to strengthen that particular point, right? Because I'm saying Jesus is claiming us to, 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 like him, become truly human beings at last. He's freeing us from everything that would 
oppose us and even oppress us so that we can praise God, we can worship God with everything we've got, we can serve him with our whole heart and life. Okay, he's, he's doing this. He's, he wants to affect this reality. Nothing can substitute for that. Nothing can substitute for praising God and serving him, right? Worship and service, nothing can substitute for prayer and love. That's who we are as human beings, even to the point of this, right? Here in the, in the early stages of the Gospel of Mark, we're in, we're in the first chapter. There's a lot that's happened already, but we're in the first chapter. Jesus rebuking the, the unclean spirit or the man that he's possessed, he says, okay, the, sorry, the demon says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Okay, we're in, the first, we're in the first chapter of Mark's gospel. This is quite a profound proclamation. And actually, yeah, this is Jesus. This is who he is. And nobody else knows that at the time. Nobody else has claimed, nobody else has claimed that or proclaimed it. But this, this demon has. You are, you're the holy one of God. And we might think, well, okay, Jesus can step back and say, you know, you all should listen to that. <laughs> you know, like, you know, that demon got it right. You all should listen to that. No, he doesn't. Not at all. Not at all. He has, no, he has no patience with the thing, as is proper. He says, quiet, quiet, come out of him. He's not looking for the testimony of demons. You know, he, he's not even looking for the right proclamation, right? So, like, oh, he, he got it right. He's a demon, so don't do it, but he got it right anyway. He doesn't, none of that. He doesn't, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want this, right? He doesn't want the acclamation. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? The, the propositional truth here doesn't matter that he got it right. No, he, he has to be quiet because the testimony that Jesus wants is the testimony of renewed lives, renewed hearts and lives. And that means praying and loving people. And this is the great fruit of the kingdom that he's, that he's come to bring. And so we give ourselves to him again today in thankful praise, raising, raising our hearts as best we can, you know, and again with, this, with the strength that Jesus gives us so that we can live these fully human lives and, and pouring ourselves out to God in, in praise, we're made ready to pour ourselves out in his service, to love the people and, and that corner of creation uh, that he is today entrusting to our care.